0: Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Pete.
1: And my name is Diane.
0: And we are back again and better than ever. You know, I was thinking randomly the other day, maybe we should have like, um, you know how on our website we have like a description of the podcast? Mm-hmm. Like if someone joins in randomly late, late in an episode, <clears throat> like we're coming up to 50 soon, woo! we could have like something like what's on the website. When a multimedia designer coexists with a scientist perspectives ideas and opinions are diverse thoughtful and maybe a little funny i like that line i think it's cool
1: yeah but i'd have
0: to remember that every time
1: and shoot it into the middle of the podcast somehow
0: no no like at the intro like sort of Uh, like describing what it is right because yes is it clear what this uh this podcast is about right that's true just based on the uh the name it's a married couple and their thoughts about mm-hmm. their day-to-day activities. Yes,
1: a wide variety of subjects.
0: Yes, exactly. But it, it is fun because it's like, I like the idea that it's like it's a multimedia designer and a scientist and are two very different sides uh, and opinions and interests. And they sometimes collide into the same thing. Like last, last episode, we... We had a whole bunch of things planned to talk about, but we stuck on one subject. That's we obviously, true, yeah. We had a lot to share about that, mm-hmm. which was which was neat. Anyways, yes. let's begin our show with what we do every time, with a recap of the last uh, couple weeks.
1: Yes, part of the reason I feel that we skipped last weekend was because I was playing a tournament, a frisbee tournament, in Kitchener with uh, York University, uh, so it was quite a long weekend for me. I... Again, helped drive the team and get them there in a vehicle, not like being a star player, um, but helped get everyone to the venue. Uh, so it was a bit of driving for me, and it was four games on the Saturday and another two on the Sunday, and we came home. So I was uh, a bit tired after all of that and wanted to you know, shower up, get all my laundry sorted out, and basically prepare myself for the next week. Uh, so I feel like that may have been a small factor mm-hmm. in taking a little break.
0: Yeah. And there's been some sad things too. There's a death in the family and a lot of things to sort of just deal with these days. My work continues to be challenging. I think mm-hmm. we just, we just really needed a, needed a day off, I guess, a break. Yes. So I don't know. what What is there to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Like as far as current events, is there some fun new stories? I know we saw the Logan movie.
1: Ooh, yes. That was pretty wild. That was so the movie comes with a description of it being very gory mm-hmm. and, you know, R rating language, violence. Yeah. And you think, well, it's an X Men movie. There's always
0: Yeah, a little bit of that.
1: A little bit of that. You know, Wolverine has claws. This is inevitable. Uh but this was Uh, way over what I thought it would be. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes, and to those who have not seen the movie, go ahead and skip ahead a couple minutes. But uh, yeah, I was really surprised. Um, I didn't realize we were going to get into such an intense movie. I think about 10 minutes in, I I looked over at you and I was like, hey, this is like X-Men meets Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it's like it got uh, dark. It's like in a desert. And it was more about a character study, even, about people who are not necessarily good people. Like the heroes are kind of anti-heroes here.
1: Yes, and it seemed as if they were hiding away from something and someone was coming after them and we couldn't quite figure out what was going on and who was good and who was bad and what was behind all of this. Yeah, and
0: and this reminded me of when we saw Rogue One recently. It's like, I'm loving this new this new uh, way that uh, movies are now being, like, written by people who are fans of these franchises as kids. Like, they grew up on this stuff when they were young. And now they're mm-hmm. adults. And now we have adults writing adult stories for franchises that used to be kid, kid-friendly kid things. Mm-hmm. So it's really quite cool. I like that. I had the same feeling with Rogue One, and I felt it again with uh, Logan, because it's like they took comic book characters that are usually very one-sided, um, I don't know, Logan, I guess, has some depth in his comic books, but in the movies or the TV shows I saw when I was a kid, the only time he really used his claws was when he was fighting robots because it's like you can't show him murdering human beings on a kid's cartoon, right?
1: Oh, so, okay. it's
0: like he's only was a half a character. But now it's right. like this Logan movie, it's like, no, this is the reality of the situation. He's got these super sharp claws that can cut anything. So mm-hmm. when he gets in contact with the human body, it's, it is gory. My goodness. I
1: felt like they (laughs) sat in the writer's room thinking, how many ways can we get Logan's claws to go through a human being? (laughs)
0: Yeah, let's have at least 60 different versions of it. Different angles. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it was a bit of, um, it almost, yeah, it had uh, elements of like horror movies too. That's what I felt. I don't really watch a lot of them, but it had that intensity, the weird kind of kids and, I don't know, like a children of the corn kind of vibe. I don't know. It was a. Yes. It was a very different um, X-Men movie. But I did like it. I Mm -hmm. would say it was really good, and it it definitely—it stuck in my mind
1: for sure. There was lots to think about in this movie.
0: You were worried it was going to give you nightmares.
1: A little bit, because it was—it wasn't a late late showing. But we basically came home and went to sleep, Mm -hmm. and I thought maybe I'd have uh, nightmares of a random clawed person trying to get me. But that didn't happen. I had a very peaceful sleep.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's not discuss too much more. It's still pretty new, so I don't really want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do recommend it. People should check it out. Anything else new this week?
1: Um, it was fun. I had some troubleshooting to do in the lab, mm. which is always fun. Uh, I help people use this CLAM system, which essentially is a box that you can put an animal into, and it measures all sorts of things like oxygen and carbon dioxide, and activity and what fuel they use. So whether they're relying on carbohydrates or fat. So you get a lot of information from these boxes and a lot of labs outside of ours like to use them. Uh, So we're very accommodating. Sure, you can come in and use them. Let me help you with this. And uh, you get quite a lot of data points from it. So I usually send the people that have used this system an example spreadsheet of how to put it all together. And I usually throw into the email, if you want to run the data by me uh, before you show it to your prof, feel free to do that because I've seen this before, so I know what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And usually I say it in a very nice way, and I should just tell people to do this because (laughs) there have been a number of occasions now where they've just shown the data to a prof, and it's not presented in a way that you can really see what's going on.
0: So they need to sort of format... Format it in a way like an essay, right? Like there's an in- introductory data and a conclusion. Is that what you're saying? Or
1: um, they just—it's uh, not even words. It's just what the data looks like. Yeah. So the one person, uh, animals, uh, rodents that we work with are nocturnal, so they're going to move more and eat more at nighttime. Yeah. Than during the day. Right. So the way she had her data up, it looked the opposite. So we started to think, whoa what's happening with our machine. We totally thought that something was wrong. Hmm. Uh, So what I actually did was I took her data and analyzed it myself and put it all together and there was no problem. So I sent it back to her and said, is there maybe a possibility that you just switched AM and PM when you were analyzing this? Yes, that happened. Uh, So... (laughs) There was that. And then there was also, when you have a random outlier, you need to remove it. You can't just keep it in your graph because it makes all your other data look weird. Uh, And sometimes there is just a random point that comes up for some reason on the software or for some reason the animal just had a hiccup and it just messes everything up. So as soon as we remove that one point that was weird, everything started to look normal again. So we went from having a major panic because we met with the profs and everything looked weird to, no, everything's fine. We can totally use this data. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a fun discovery.
0: You know, it's, it's a thing I bring up a lot on the podcast. It's like when you're a kid, you always believe that, you know, adults know what they're doing and you mm-hmm. think that things are going to change when you become an adult, but then you kind of realize once you become an adult that adults are just as flawed as when you were a kid. But it still, it surprises me. These these guys are scientists. They're collecting data. Yes, They should be paying attention to what they're doing. You don't just go, oh, I guess it's good enough.
1: Yes, that's exactly what they come in with. And, you know, you look at it and you're like, well, you know, the rodents are more active at night, right? And they'll say, yes. And I'm like, so why is your data show the opposite? And they really haven't looked at it with that in mind mm-hmm. to, you know, think, well, I don't know, that's, that's weird. Like, uh... <laughs> You have a plain control animal that is doing the opposite of what it's supposed to do. So something is up and they don't really take that next step to figure out what is going on. So I think I'm going to start uh, requesting that people send me their data <laughs> when they're done with it.
0: Is it so your job to proofread them?
1: It just makes the next steps easier because after mm. this fiasco with the data, I actually went down and put my own animals in the machine just to see if it was normal, right? just to double check as I was going through her data and reviewing it. Mm-hmm. Because if there is a problem with the machine, then that is my business.
0: Yes, it is. Because
1: I can't use it after that. Right. Uh, but I could have saved myself a lot of trouble if she had just sent me the data and I had looked through it and fixed it yeah. beforehand. Yeah. So, yeah, that added a bit to my workload this week. So now I have learned.
0: It's a bummer. It's a bummer.
1: It is a bummer, and it is also not a bummer because the machine is fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, you save yourself a lot of money there.
1: It's true. Yeah. Uh, so that is, that is helpful. And honestly, you do feel quite good when you've fixed a problem all by yourself.
0: Wow, I don't know if that, that weird sound got into the podcast, but that was a crazy noise.
1: Was that a car? Interesting. I don't
0: know if that was a car or if that was just an ominous sign of the apocalypse, but yeah, that was a weird noise.
1: Anyway, that was my adventure in the lab this week.
0: Hmm. Lovely.
1: So exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I fixed it. <laughs>
0: well, that was good. I'm glad we got a piece of science, because I'm going to nerd out on you today for, Ooh. for our subject... Um, I guess what I wanted to speak about is just sort of thinking about, uh, I guess, video games as media. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a few points we're going to go through. Cool. Um, there was a famous quote from, well, quite a while ago, because it was from Roger Ebert, who is, you know, no longer with us. Mm-hmm. But he famously said one time that video games can never be art. Oh. Um, and it, it
1: really? is interesting,
0: because that was probably about 12 years ago. So, okay. you know maybe PS2 era or something. Uh, but it is interesting because the video games uh, industry is still a relatively new one. Some people call film kind of new, but like film has been around a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly the early days of film, there were some silly movies that weren't considered art, you know, the Chaplin things and all that, but maybe they became artistic too. Um, I feel like uh, as the industry is growing up, it is becoming... Better and better. Um, Certainly with uh, books, you know, there were books that were uh, considered kind of scandalous back in the day when they were first writing books Mm -hmm. as well. Like they had all their meanings too. And then as people became better writers, the stories became better. There's better character driven uh, material and things like that. I think we're finally starting to get at the point where games are starting to do that too. Okay. Um, I often bring up The Witcher 3. Yes. The Witcher 3. Oh, you love it. The <laughs> video game, I would argue, is better than the books. And sadly, the writer of the books gave no endorsement to the people who developed it. Like, he makes no money off of it because, like, they bought the rights to use his characters okay. and stuff. Okay. But he has openly said many times that he says that those series is not canon. It doesn't count. It's whatever. It's its own thing. Okay. But I've read the book, or at least one of the books, and that took me a long time because I've kept losing interest. It never grabbed me or really did as good of a job as expressing the characters, the story, or just getting me genuinely interested in what's going on as much as The Witcher 3 video game did. Now, that's like top class. Mm -hmm. Not everything's great. Um, And the reason I started thinking about this is I've been recently playing this game called Horizon. Horizon. Uh, Zero Dawn, which has a female protagonist. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool game. You've seen a bit of it, right?
1: Yes. Yes, I have. And you seem to be enjoying it, sort of, yeah. for the most part. Yeah.
0: it, it Well, mm-hmm. it plays really well. But mm-hmm. then the funny thing happened where the storyline was not engaging at all for me. Mm-hmm. I found I was constantly skipping it. It's like these characters look super realistic, but uh, they haven't quite nailed the storyline like it doesn't really like capture my interest as far as wow this is a great world this is interesting they have a lot of good things to work with it's got a scenario where it's like post post apocalypse where the idea is humans are all gone and then nature's restored and the humans are all gone because there's been a, a robot uprising or something so good science fiction okay but uh yeah it's just not that exciting <laughs> it's a but it plays well and it's been a fun game um, so yeah, I was just kind of thinking, and I thought it'd be kind of fun to get your thoughts on this also on the outside, because you don't play like games. Like, what do you think as a common person in their everyday who maybe has a, I don't know, a, a game on their mobile phone or something? Like you're sort of on the outside.
1: Yes, do I'm you see common games? <laughs> I don't
0: know. Do you see games as art? Like can games be art?
1: Um, well, I certainly think that some of the games that you play are uh, amazing pieces of art. They just look incredible. Uh, so and just visually. Visually have, uh, yeah, visually look amazing. Uh, so that would be, you know, one criteria that I would judge something as art. Uh, is there, uh, I was going to ask, uh, is there a reason why uh, Roger Ebert said they could never be art?
0: well he's a film critic, and okay. that was sort of the thing is I think he was more focused on that movies have a narrative they have mm-hmm. a you know a, a start, an ending, and like an act three, like an exciting whatever um, and I think he was looking at it too much as what he understands video games to be is is what a lot of I guess older people think is they just know about like pac man or they just know about okay. space invaders it's mm-hmm. like there's no narrative here, or they 've heard news reports about Grand Theft Auto and how it's just about running over hookers and, uh, killing people. Like that's all they know outside looking in, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas actually Grand Theft Auto has turned into quite a, an interesting farce on, uh, commentary on society, I guess. It is very much full of, uh, lowbrow humor that even I don't really like. And it is hyper violent, but there, there, there's some clever things going on in there. It's it's a good little critique on society for sure.
1: Uh, yes. Okay, so with that perspective in mind, I definitely think that some video games do have more of a narrative or a story.
0: Mm-hmm. There
1: are some that you can almost sit there and watch while someone else is playing, and it's like watching
0: a movie, a movie Absolutely. Uh,
1: progress. And I guess it almost seems like there's two... Different, you know, categories—the Pac Man versus mm-hmm. the Witcher type of thing—and uh, is it almost like, you know, we have a Deadpool movie versus yeah. something that's been nominated for an Academy Award? They're the same medium, as in film. Uh, you watch it on a screen, but they're very different in uh, how they're made, or their subject matter, or how they tell the story. Uh, so would you consider one or the other being art or not art?
0: Exactly. And uh, I mean, I-, I like that you brought up the visuals because, you know, there's a game I play called Resogun, mm-hmm. right? It's gorgeous. It runs so smoothly. But the idea, the storyline in that is is uh, encapsulated in one sentence at the very beginning when you load the game. It's save all the humans.
1: Yes. And they keep repeating that. And
0: that's it. <laughs> All you're doing is you're you're flying your little spaceship and you're trying to save the humans. That's the mm-hmm. story that's the plot. Does that make it less art though? I don't know like there's there's multi sides to art i mean yeah uh four hundred years ago there's there was an artist who uh pulled a urinal out of a bathroom and signed it like our mutt and it put was put in a museum and that became art and he mm-hmm. was challenging what what does what does art mean right?
1: Yes, for sure. Do you think we'll ever come, like it's still a very new, as you said, do you think we'll come to a point where we have a video game museum or display?
0: I do, and it already has actually happened. I've gone mm-hmm. to a couple of them, and I do find that interesting, and that was actually point two I was going to bring up, is sort of this history, because it is very funny to me. Um, I remember when I was young that it was hard to, to find video games, like... You, uh, game stores didn't really exist. You might, I remember that you could get some, sometimes you could get like Super Mario and a Canadian tire, but that Boom. would be like it. <laughs> That's random. Yeah, very random. And it's like uh, electronics boutique or whatever, those things didn't exist. Um, you fast forward to today, it's not only that it's really easy to get because there's so many digital stores, the internet, Amazon, etc. There is a huge audience for it. It is a booming industry. Um, And for like the last five years, it has made more money than uh, the movie industry. So like there it's very common to hear about people uh, going home after work to go play a game with their friends. That's like the thing they do now. It's not just, oh, we watch movies all the time. Mm -hmm. It's very normal. Um, And I'm already seeing this, like there's Rogers ads on TV where they're talking about internet. And they show people playing video games, right? Oh,
1: nice. Okay, yeah. Right?
0: It's like you want your internet connection because this is what's important
1: to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Right?
0: <laughs> so it's like that that little thing that not that many people did back in the 80s and the 90s is now total mainstream. So I do believe that as it has become so mainstream, I think we're starting to get more creative people making creative projects, more creative narratives. And I do think... There will be no question about this art, whatever debate, because there has been. There has been a lot of really impressive uh, interesting uh, games that uh, really make you think about things.:
1: Yes, absolutely. I think I think we will see you know a, a day where there are exhibits of games or the artwork from games uh, popping up here and there. I'm sure people have framed photographs or framed images that come from video games that they're very proud of to own. Yeah. So, yeah. Do I you want to hear the are. full
0: uh, Ebert quote? He actually, he got challenged a lot about it. So oh, he sure. wrote this one little extra thing um, and it's like a response. And this is in 2010, in April of 2010 on his website, RogerEbert.com. Having once made the statement above video games can never be art I have declined all opportunities to enlarge upon it or defend it. (laughs) That seemed to be a fool's errand, especially given the volume of messages I receive urging me to play this game or that and recant the error of my ways. Nevertheless, I remain convinced that, in principle, video games cannot be art. Perhaps it is foolish of me to say never, because never, as someone named Rick Wakeman informs us, is a long, long time. Let me just say that no video gamer now, living, will survive long enough to experience the medium as an art form. And that's where I disagree. I think think I'm already seeing that.
1: Me too. Certainly what I've seen you playing.
0: Yeah. You ever see a game called Journey? Ever show you that? Yes. Where it's like these uh, red cloaked people with a scarf just uh, climbing through the desert.
1: And they like float in the wind. Yeah. And and slide down the dunes. There's
0: no dialogue. Mm -hmm. Uh, the interesting thing that happens is sometimes people join your game, and I didn't even know this was happening. I thought they were AI characters. Oh, no way. And so then suddenly another red guy will be next to you with his red scarf, and they'll just make these little chirping noises at you. And then you develop this weird form of communication as you two try to make it through the puzzle. But the puzzle is essentially you want to get to the mountain, and the mountain kind of leads to... Uh, basically your death and it's like all about the journey of life i guess which is just a symbolized through climbing a desert going through water climbing a mountain uh freezing and dying and then being reborn and flying and it's like all done through visuals so there's like no speaking there's no language um even your your uh yeah speaking with your your co-op buddy whatever this stranger this complete stranger you've never met uh, it's all done through just this, this game. And it, I thought it was really impactful and very artistic.
1: Yeah, I've seen that game. Mm-hmm. It's it's beautiful.
0: All right, one last point. Mm-hmm. This was a fun one. This is also why I thought of this as uh, something we could talk about. Um, I listened to this podcast. It's called PS I Love You. It's a very clever pun. It's a PlayStation podcast. Yes. Uh, and they had a listener write in specifically about this horizon game that i've been playing and i don't know his background but he's obviously a male and he said that he was getting concerned because recently there has been a lot of multicultural or female protagonists okay and he can no longer relate to video games okay because there aren't any white males in video games anymore okay And I remember as I was hearing that, I was like, what a a strange (laughs) statement to make. And it made me sort of think about this whole thing that we're talking about. Because it's like, when have, I mean, me personally, and and when I'm playing a game, I usually play as a female character. Actually, it's my favorite way to play. But uh, it's usually an escape thing, right? Like, it's not, Mm -hmm. I want to play My Life, the video game. Mm -hmm. I don't want to play Office Worker 2000. 17 like that's not fun um but like this complaint was so strange and it made me think also like if we're talking about other forms of media like movies and Mm -hmm. books Mm -hmm. have you ever read a book and you're like oh i can't identify with this protagonist because he's a male or i can't identify with uh this logan movie because he has he's a mutant like come on like we always watch things in fiction and across all mediums that kind of give us an escape or give us a different story to hear.
1: I think you describe it exactly when I'm reading fiction. I mean, yes, there are books that have personally touched me because of a similar experience that a character has gone through, or they are very much like me in my upbringing or in my um, racial, ethnical background but the whole point i find of reading fiction is to learn about something else mm-hmm. and to read about something else and to get immersed in a character and in a story that is something completely different from what you would experience in your own life like mm-hmm. that's that's fiction it's it's not a real thing that happened to a real or might have happened to a real person, but it's something of the author's imagination that they've come up with a story and they can be fascinating stories and they can be based on real historical events, but I don't ever feel that I have to be and match the gender (laughs) of the person or their background uh, when I'm reading those stories. Um, And they haven't completely removed like all white males from the universe of video games. No, there's still,
0: plenty, there's still plenty of dude bro shooters out there for you, buddy, if that's what you want to play. That
1: is uh, very interesting. Did they have commentary for this or a response to this person?
0: Well, yeah, they, they just seem, it just is just like, are you insane? And it's very similar to what I was thinking. Um, I think one of the things that they did comment on, and, and I'll reiterate it, is what's interesting about this Horizon game. Is although you 're playing as a female protagonist that 's actually not the most important part of her identity mm-hmm. and uh, it actually is never really even identified there 's no like social uh, scenario where it 's like oh you 're a woman, so you can 't be a hunter you can 't hunt these robot dinosaurs because you 're a woman That never happens mm-hmm. and actually, I think they twisted it 's one of the things I will uh, credit this this game for is they twisted around all of those normal whatever you would think is the normal uh, gender roles. As she was a, a hunter, hunter-gatherer, mm-hmm. and their entire society is run by women. Like The women were the elders. They were the ones in charge who were making the decisions. But she was an outcast by women. And it wasn't because she was a woman. It's just because she was uh, <laughs> born by a machine. <laughs> I don't know, okay. something dear different. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers uh but anyway yeah so it never was even a and this is what i like this is why i'm starting to think um where ebert might be wrong is I'm, i think we're finally getting to a point here with uh games where it doesn't matter whether you're a woman a black male or whatever you're we're finally getting somewhere where a character can just be a character i think mm-hmm. and it doesn't get just defined by Oh, you, you, here's a token black guy. Like, we need yeah, to have a. the color
1: a, that they appear on screen. Like I hate
0: when that happens. It's like, oh, we need a black character. We need to show diversity. So, here's a black guy um, being like. Uh,
1: Jamaican that, or something?
0: <laughs> yeah, with a strong accent <laughs> uh-huh. or very strong, whatever, e- ebonics, just for the sake of having that token character represented. Mm-hmm. But it's not really representing their race in any kind of favorable way, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So I do like that. Um it is interesting. I've just started playing Mass Effect recently. Um and in Mass Effect you can always choose your own character. So this guy would have no problem. He could play as a white male if he wants to. You can play as a black female if you want to. You got lots of options. You got a color uh scaler thing. You can change the skin tone oh, to whatever okay. you want. Okay. Um, I don't know if you can make it blue, but you can make it, you know, human. Uh, so the funny thing is you get to design your character and then your sibling. So if you're playing as a female, you can design what your brother looks like too. I started playing the game and I meet this character who's like the captain of the vessel
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then uh, whatever, he continued doing some missions. And then later on I realized, oh wait, that's supposed to be my dad.
1: Oh, okay. you can't,
0: you can't change the way he looks though. Nice. So you always have a black dad.
1: Okay. Interesting. I thought that was
0: kind of neat. It's like, well, whatever skin tone you pick of you Mm -hmm. and your brother or sister, whatever, Mm -hmm. he'll always be the same. And it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting.
1: Nice. (laughs) Nice.
0: Yeah. But I like that. I like that Mm -hmm. we're finally getting to that point. So I'm going to disagree with Roger Ebert. Sorry.
1: I think I would too.
0: I mean, he must have had people, (laughs) he must have read about film, early film. There probably were film critics who were like, Film can never be art, yes, this because is not art, art, art is uh, Picasso.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: paintings that exist in a museum, and there's plenty of stuff that people can paint that is not art. Like I don't know, that's just a whole other debate. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I went crazy through that in university in my art uh, history.
1: Yeah, I think art has such a broad definition, and I always try to keep an open mind. You know, when you go to Nuit Blanche or mm. something where there's yeah. just so much different art and you kind of look at yeah. it thinking that is odd, different. but hey, it's art, so <laughs> 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 that just doesn't completely appeal to me as something that I would enjoy say having in my house or something. So Yeah, I'll absolutely. Just move forward from that. But uh definitely you got to check out some of these video games. They are it, I mean, it looks like a film with a person in it. Some of them.
0: Yeah, and you get your money's worth, that's for sure. Definitely. You watch a movie for an hour and a half, two hours? Yep. You can pick up The Witcher right now for $30. It'll last you 200. There you go. 200 hours.
1: Pete is seriously contemplating playing it again.
0: Yeah, for the third time. <laughs> it's just so good. So good.
1: Why not? Why I gotta not? play
0: these new ones, you know? I paid for them. I gotta try them at Mass Effect is disappointing right now, though. I got to say. I don't know what's going yeah. on in this thing. I think they're going to patch it. The text is too small. I can't read what's going on. So I don't know what's going on most of the time. That is annoying. Yeah.
1: That When that happens in a movie and you've missed one line of dialogue, which Very is integral. Dialogue. <laughs> it's dialogue.
0: It was like, oh, wait, that guy's my dad. Oh.
1: I missed that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was probably in one of those logs I read, but it's mm-hmm. like seven point. So I can't read mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> Um, So anyway, yeah, that that was my topic, topic for the day.
1: I like it. I think I can relate to those questions. Mm. As much as we think that sometimes I'm outside of the world of video games.
0: Well, that's sort of the idea of that podcast is Mm -hmm. to have these outside opinions. But I would like to Mm. see a third opinion. And maybe that'll happen next week with whatever we talk about Mm -hmm. next week, which will be. Our 50th episode. Yes, that's so exciting.
1: I had, uh, so Facebook does, uh, you know, reminders about anniversaries. Mm. Uh, So about maybe a week ago was the first podcast that we ever posted up. Really? I had a posting about it. Yep.
0: I thought we did it on March 1st.
1: Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. March has completely just jumbled into a massive month. (laughs) It has.
0: It has. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that was kind of So happy anniversary, Yes. Yeah, and we're going to try and try and bring on a guest, some extra commentary on things. I want to do something
0: it. somewhat special, Hmm. even if it's a different song at the beginning. That's Ooh. what I'm thinking of. Maybe we'll finally change it up. I have a new version of uh, that song that I might put at the beginning. Oh, that's awesome. Just to change it up.
1: I like it. This has been fun.
0: Yeah, it's a good cathartic way to just speak with each other and also create a bit of a time capsule of our lives since we'll always remember 2016 i guess yeah and the beginning of 2017
1: and onward
0: as long as we continue so until next time wait <laughs> wait <laughs> I was gonna say, other stuff. did
1: you did you want to did you want to talk about other things <laughs>
0: do you want to talk about as other in things?
1: uh you know mention field processor cuz they're really awesome <laughs>
0: oh yeah those guys <laughs> Yeah, the guys who do the music.
1: Yeah, and we love them. And information can be found at FieldProcessor.com.
0: Yeah, and Field Processor, on uh, Friday, we had a rather momentous Twitch night. We stream every week on uh, TV slash Field Processor. And we were joined from some, I guess you would call them, streaming celebrities who uh, hosted parties and had all of the people who were watching them join in and watch us. So... It was one of our first really large uh, audience evenings. It was kind of nerve wracking, but a lot of fun. So I don't know. Maybe this will maybe this will lead somewhere. But it's very exciting what the future holds for that.
1: Yeah, it's fun. It's really cool to build online communities
0: mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if you guys have any questions, comments, um, ideas for episode fifty, send us an email at Ordinary Day Podcast at gmail.com and until next time take one more for the road